everybody, I hope you're doing well. The virus is kicking up again here around the UK, so I hope you're all safe wherever you may be. You know, the virus is hitting everyone hard uh, financially and uh, I hope work-wise you're doing okay. I know here in the studio has been pretty quiet. Things were just starting to pick up in the last sort of month, but just uh, with everything start, it seems like it's going to start locking down again, so we just don't know what's... Um, you know what's around the corner but um, thankfully the one thing we do have is we have some football this weekend something to take our mind off things and uh, hopefully we can uh, make some profit and that will put a smile on everybody's face that is what we're here to do uh, I just want to touch on the midweek inplays on the Patreon um, if you aren't uh, a Patreon subscriber you can go to the episode notes there will be a link there that you can follow to sign up at the moment, it's only £5, uh, and there are a massive selection of in-plays. We had a decent profit at the weekend. I think we got around six points. In midweek, we had some games. Uh, there was a much more limited selection, and we only actually ended up getting one in-play on in the entire midweek. I think it was maybe 10 or 11 games. We only got the one in-play on, and it, uh, but it came up, and it was a nice eight points profit on that. Um, and so uh, we're hoping to continue that this weekend. There are already, I don't know, maybe 15, 16 in-plays up there. Um, the first two we didn't get on because all of these in-plays are conditional um, at certain points in the game. With the way that I'm doing these in-plays, it has to be a draw at certain points in the game. So, you know, draw at 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 60 minutes, 75 minutes, that type of thing. Um, and so it is very much just based on those conditions and... You know, a lot of the times those conditions aren't met, but I'll tell you that like so many of them are so close. There was a Peruvian game on last night. Uh, I think the away team was uh, Deportivo by Nacional and we were uh, laying the draw in that game um, and it got, you know, it was nil-nil. It was 55 minutes, 56 minutes, 57 minutes, 58, 59, and then a goal like right right before we were going to get in. So um, that is quite annoying when that happens um, and that would have been a, a, a bit more profit if they could have just held out another minute. I was just a second away from clicking um, to to lay that draw and it just didn't, didn't happen for us. But profit nonetheless, there are a big selection up this weekend of prospective bets for in-plays that we're looking at. And you can go check those out uh, on the Patreon uh, when you sign up. Uh, as I said, it's only it's only £5. So if you're interested in those, um, you can uh, go and check that out. Okay, so let's get to the bets this weekend. I will try to keep this as short as possible, guys, okay? We are betting on seven of the ten games this weekend. Um, but there are a good few bets. And you'll notice, and from the podcast title, there's a recurring theme in these bets, okay? So, um, Brighton versus Man United. Brighton are 5.1, the draw is 3.85, and United are 1.82. So, um, I think United's price has definitely been affected uh, by their result against Crystal Palace, um, but it's still, it's not a price I'm interested in uh, on the nose for this game. So we'll just quickly run through some of the stats I was looking at to see how I arrived um, at the bet I have here, okay? Okay, so Brighton against top third teams last season, 1-1, drew four and lost nine. And at home, they 1-1, drew two and lost four. Uh, United against bottom third teams, 1-8, uh, drew two and lost four. But away from home, they won four and lost three. And I believe last weekend, 
uh, we talked about in the United Crystal Palace game. Those losses are all 2-0, which uh, should be quite worrying for United fans. But anyway, let's not get distracted, okay? So both teams scored in Brighton home games 40% of the time. And uh, both teams scored in United away games 37% of the time. In Brighton home games against top third teams, both teams scored three out of the seven games. And for United, uh, away from home, both teams scored against bottom third teams uh, only once uh, out of their seven away games. Brighton scored first 32% of the time. United scored first 53% of the time. Brighton defended their lead 56% of the time. And United defended their lead 73% of the time. Brighton had an equalising ability last season of 46% and United's was 33%. 60% of Brighton's home goals were scored in the second half and 58% of United's away goals were conceded in the second half. But Brighton conceded 26% of their goals uh, in the 16th to the 30th minute and, and United scored 30% of their goals in that same time. Brighton scored 35% of their goals in the 75th to the 90th minute and United scored 24% of theirs in that same time. So there wasn't an awful lot jumping out here for me, uh, apart from maybe a, a kind of obvious uh, United win here. And part of me feels like the the United price has been affected, as I said, by the game last weekend. So I think we are getting a slightly higher United price than, than maybe um, you typically would against Brighton. However, I do not trust this United defence and I, I think, as I said in the recap episode, United have one of these defences at the moment and the midfield as well, that whole sort of centre defensive part of the pitch where I feel like if you put pressure on them, if you run at them and put them under that pressure that I think you can you can score against this United team at the moment. I think Brighton showed in the Chelsea game that... They are willing to engage now. They they don't necessarily have the quality, and the one caveat to this is is that they don't really have the goal scorer. As we said before, Mopez is a decent player, but um, but you know he's not he's not fantastic. He's not going to get you fifteen twenty goals a season. Maybe that that type of thing, you know. And this goes for uh, like a few of the bets this weekend is that these are stats from last season, but I think we've got to start coming away from those a little bit and see and looking at the teams as they are now. So there is this little period now where we are trying to gauge how we think team stats are going to change from last season, okay? So like are they going to get worse? Are they going to get better? Um and and sort of looking at things on an individual basis, okay? Um what I've gone for here is I've gone for both teams to score. Uh, and that is 1.85 and I think United have the quality to score in this game, just as they had the quality to score uh, against Crystal Palace and a Crystal Palace team that were that naturally set up a lot more defensively, that is kind of in their DNA. They know exactly what they're doing and they can put a lot of pressure on a team on the break. But I, I just don't believe in this United defence. Um, and, you know, this both teams to score kind of, it goes against the both teams to score stats from last season. I mean, 30%, 37%. Um, of United's away games last season where both teams to score and only one out of seven, whatever that is percentage-wise, against the bottom three. So it does fly in the face of that. Um, and United do defend a lead very well. I, 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 I don't think I can see Brighton necessarily winning this game, at least not, not pre-match. You know, it's one of these things, anything can happen on the day. 
I just feel like Brighton can get a goal here in the 90 minutes. And, uh, you know, both teams to score at 1.85. Uh, and, it's, and only for three points as well. I think that's a worthwhile bet doing. That's what I'm going to be doing this weekend. That's what I'm going to be doing this weekend. But it is up to you. That United price is a little bit inflated. And you could say there is value in there. I just don't trust them enough to really back them at that price. Uh, still, even though I, I believe it is over what the value should be. Um, but, um, you know, I can leave that up to you. But I am going for both teams to score for three points at 1.85. All right, so moving on to the Palace and Everton game. So this is uh, another game that with a very similar theme to it um, as in that Brighton United game, okay? So Palace against middle third teams last season, 1-2, drew four and lost six. And at home, they won one, drew two and lost three. Everton against middle third teams last season, 1-5, drew three, lost four, and away from home, 1-3, drew one, and lost two. So even just looking at this right now, I think you can make the assumption that Everton have the upper hand, and I think it is also the perception that Everton have strengthened their team um, with with higher quality than, than Palace have, but there are a number of things we need to take into consideration here, okay? These are the stats over the entire season, okay? But we know that Palace very much trailed off towards the end of last season and and they are the type of team, and there are a few of these teams in the league that generally do this. Like Once they're kind of safe, they're kind of like, ah, we're not really interested in this, <laughs> this league anymore, you know? So those influence stats, but we're early in the season here and I feel like watching Palace, they really are, they have... A very direct style of play. And the Everton backline suffers from the exact same problems that the United backline has. So even though Everton are the are the favourite team here, and sorry, I'll very quickly run through the prices. Palace are 3.9, the draw is 3.45, and Everton are 2.16. So this is another game where some of these stats may not necessarily support this. But we're trying to look at the teams and gauge how they are actually performing in certain situations. And I think there's a lot of similarities in the United team and the Everton team, both in terms of how they're going to play this game and how Palace are going to play them. Um, and the just some interesting stats to run down for you here, just so you can become more informed. And you don't necessarily have to do what I'm doing, but you can take these stats and you can think about the other possible permutations of this game and apply it to your own bets, okay? So... Palace scored 73% of their goals in the second half and Everton scored 65% of their goals in the first half. So Palace conceded 60% of their goals in the second half. Everton scored 35% of their goals in the second half. So you you have two conflicting stats here, okay? You have Everton score more in the first half, but Palace do not concede as much in the the first half. Um, They concede much more in the second half and Everton did not score um, anywhere near as much in the second half last season. But as I said, these teams are changing. So, um, and the, and all these things are very much like game dependent. Like how, if if Palace go ahead, that is going to change how they play the game. Okay, but on that, very interestingly, Palace only scored first thirty two percent of the time last season. Um, at home, Everton only scored first thirty seven percent of the time. So this very much feeds into. I can definitely understand Palace, but that sort of stat is exactly what Ancelotti has been trying to address with the creative. Uh, players and uh, a strength in midfield creating more chances for the forwards that's exactly the sort of stat he's trying to address okay Palace were only leading half time 16% of the time and Everton 21% of the time 
but both teams were drawing at halftime 52 and 53% respectively. So Palace tried to remain very tight in the first half and teams try to break them down. The more pressure builds, Palace try to break and score, okay? Um, but if Palace go ahead, last season they defended the lead very well. They defended the lead 86% of the time compared to Everton's 45% of the time. Um, but both teams were relatively poor at equalising in games with an equalising ability of only 38% and 31% respectively, okay? So um, so those are just some of the interesting stats that kind of stuck out uh, to me. I could I could see an argument for draw half-time and then if you wanted to go into the half-time full-time markets, you can make a decision as to who you think may win this game. I honestly can't call it. Um, and again here... I'm going to go for both teams to score. It is a very good price of 1.98. I think Everton are vulnerable at the back and I think the way they play very much plays into um, the strengths of Crystal Palace. So I can see Crystal Palace uh, scoring in this game. Um, I think that uh, Everton have the quality, however, to score against Palace and they have shown um, that they have goals in them this season. And remember from last week's podcast, it is the away team's ability to score that greatly increases the chances of both teams to score, okay? It is not the home team, all right? Whenever the home team scores, I think there's only like a 67% chance um, of both teams to score, whereas when the, whenever the away team scores first, there is a 76%, okay? That is a nearly 10% increase in, in chance of probability of both teams to score. Um, and that is how a lot of, I'm, I'm kind of thinking about a lot of these games, same in the United game, United the stronger team, have the, the, uh, the better attackers, you will expect them to score in that game. And because of that, it increases the chances of both teams to score greatly. Okay, so that is, again, guys, in this uh, in the Palace-Everton game, both teams to score for three points at 1.98. All right, moving on. We have West Brom versus Chelsea. Much like last week's games, West Brom's stats don't really mean an awful lot to me, but I will look at Chelsea here. And Chelsea playing against bottom third teams, 1-9, drew two, lost three. And Chelsea away from home, 1-4, drew two and lost one against bottom third teams, all right? Um, interestingly, both teams scored in 79% of Chelsea's away games last season and they conceded 58% of their goals in the second half and in the final sixth of the game, they conceded 29% of their goals. So very much a team that can go up early but still concede quite late in the game, all right? And obviously these are things that Frank Lampard is uh, trying to address Um they have signed Mendy in, in goal now and there is a whole debate as to whether he is actually just there to put pressure on Kepa or whether he's there to replace Kepa. I think Frank is maybe playing that close to his chest because he doesn't want to completely and utterly demoralise Kepa even further than he has been by his form. But maybe that bit of pressure, you know, means, oh, my place isn't just so secure. It's not as secure as I thought it was. So that could, that could have a positive effect. I believe Thiago Silva also played midweek in the Cup so he could be beginning to be brought into the team. Whether Frank is going to play him at 36 years old in two games within four days of each other, I'm not so sure. But this is another game that I'm looking at both teams to score in. And um, Because Chelsea, I have no doubt, will score a goal. And that greatly increases, as we said before, our chances of both teams to score. Um, you will find it basically over three out of four times both teams will score whenever the away team scores. So I am going to go for both teams to score at 1.97. I thought it was a pretty good price. And I'm going to play that for three points. But I am also going to put two points on Chelsea, both teams to score, because I think Chelsea will win this game. This is exactly the type of game 
that Chelsea would have won last year. You know, they only lost one of these games away from home. I don't believe that one this season is going to be West Brom. And uh, I think at threes for Chelsea, both teams to score, I think is a, is pretty damn good value. So I'm putting two points on that. So that is uh, both teams to score at 1.97 for three points. And Chelsea, both teams to score at threes for two points. We're getting through these pretty quickly today, guys. All right, so we have Burnley versus Southampton. Burnley are 3.35. The draw is 3.4 and Southampton are 2.42. So quickly running through how these teams did against comparable teams last year. Um, Burnley against middle third teams uh, won five, drew three and lost four. Uh, And at home, they won three, drew two and lost one. So didn't lose very many of these last season um, at home. Southampton is a bit more of a mixed picture. Uh, against middle third teams, they won three, drew three and lost six. And away from home, uh, won two, drew two and lost two. So not saying anything revolutionary here, but Southampton were much better last season away from home. What that is exactly, I'm not entirely sure. But just some uh, additional stats. Burnley's lead defending ability last season at home is 80%, which is pretty damn good. Whereas Southampton's equalising ability last season was uh, away from home was only 40%. Now, Burnley scored 71% of their goals in the second half and Southampton conceded 64% in the second half. Burnley scored 54% of their home goals last season in the final third of the game. So from the 61st to the 90th minute. So that is a third of the game left, 33%. They're scoring 54% of their goals. You know, which again is uh, is very telling. Um, I think both teams scored last season in Burnley home games 42% of the time. And both teams scored in Southampton games 58% of the time. Looking at this game, I'm going again for another both teams to score. And this is simply... Based on Southampton, uh, Southampton are great going forward and they can definitely score goals uh, if they put enough pressure on this Burnley defence. Um, Burnley really aren't operating with their best centre-back pairing at the moment. Uh, I'm not sure what that is. I, I know they, I think they lost some players, but I think they have uh, quite a few injuries. Um, I'm assuming Tarkovsky is injured and I think he is their best centre-back. Um, so as structurally sound as Burnley are, I think just the quality of the defenders is maybe lacking. And so so I think there are going to be more opportunities for attacking teams. But again, that high line of Southampton's is just absolutely crazy. And playing Southampton as favourites in this game, I just don't, I think the prices should be much closer together. So I, I am going to back Burnley in this game. Um, I think Sean Dyche will get uh, his first points on the board this season in this game. And at, at, at 3.35 for Burnley, I, I just think that is a crazy price. Um, looking at the scoring statistics of when these teams score and concede goals from last season, um, there definitely is an argument for a draw halftime, Burnley full-time. Uh, it just, everything kind of leans that way. But I think the price just Burnley on the nose is good enough without taking the risk of having basically do a double bet of like the of the halftime full-time. Um, so I am taking both teams to score at 1.85 for four points. Feeling a little bit more confident with this one. Uh, I am also taking Burnley on the nose at 3.35 for two points. Now, moving on. This is a very, very interesting game. Sheffield United versus Leeds. Sheffield United are 2.8. The draw is 3.45 and Leeds are 2.8. Now, the reason that this game in particular is is very interesting is because we've seen Leeds play at a team that likes to play football in Liverpool. Okay, this is a team 
that you know won the league, won the Champions League recently. They're they like controlling the game. They take the game to you. So they aren't the type of team that's going to back down from a fight. Okay, in an attacking sense. And you know, with the caveat that I think Liverpool did get a bit of a kick up the ass in in that game. So they have tried. They have channeled a little bit of that. Um, of Liverpool of the last two seasons um, back in when they played Chelsea. That is one data point for a particular type of team and other teams like this are maybe going maybe going to be Arsenal, although I can see us kind of playing a much more counter-attacking game against them. That would be the smart thing for us to do because we are not Man City and we are not Liverpool. But the other team is Man City. You've got Chelsea um, are, are very much that type of team. Leicester potentially too. Um, these are teams that are basically going to believe in their quality and play their football and believe that the quality is going to outweigh your quality. And that is essentially, even though Liverpool, I think, had a very much an off day, helped along by Leeds putting a lot of pressure on them, of course. But, um, you know, those types of teams are going to believe they have the quality. Um, and that is what happened in the Liverpool game. And we will get more data points against those types of teams, which are basically going to be the top third teams in, in the league. Um, we have one data point from playing what I believe is one of the absolute certain relegation candidates this season in Fulham. Um, and this is a team that I feel like really lacks a definitive plan and and style of how they play football and how they cope with different situations. Um, and even in that game, Fulham got a lot of success because of how open leads are and the, the slight lack of quality that they have to actually pull off the game plan that they have. This game is interesting because Sheffield are now the first data point in a team that will at least attempt to stifle Leeds's um Leeds's game and Leeds' ability to play and try and punish them for it. Okay? Palace are going to be like this. Um Sheffield here, Burnley, Wolves. These are all types of teams. Uh these are all teams of a of a type and um, that we are going to now figure out how Leeds cope with. So just reading out some of Sheffield's stats from last season against middle third teams, and middle third because I believe Leeds will finish around 14th or 13th. That's where I believe, so I'm going to, if you will allow me, I'm going to put them in that bracket, okay? So Sheffield uh, against middle third teams, won five, drew two, and lost five, okay? Um, at home, however, they won three, drew zero, and lost three. So hard to really call you know, how to view Sheffield in that sense. Sheffield were very much a team last season that dominated the bottom third of the table. It was hit and miss against the middle third and then kind of tanked it a lot of the time against the top third, okay? Mid-table team, okay? That is mid-table team form. Now, both teams scored in Sheffield games 30% of the time at home and Leeds last season in the championship, both teams scored in 43% of their away games. Sheffield scored first 58% of the time at home last season and the opponent scored first 43% of the time in, in, in the championship against Leeds last season, okay? Um, draws at halftime were 11 out of 19 for Sheffield and 9 out of 23 for Leeds. But here's where things get a little bit interesting. Sheffield defended their lead 83% of the time and Leeds' equalising ability away from home was only 45%. And these stats are flipped again. So if Leeds' lead defending ability last season was 76% and Sheffield's was only 40%. Just a little note on the of when these teams sort of score and concede goals. Uh, Leeds scored 73% of their goals in the second half last season. And this is kind of big. So 
Sheffield conceded 67% of their goals last season in the second half. So, you know, that those kind of go together, but we've got to always take Leeds' stats there with a pinch of salt because things aren't necessarily going to work out for them that way this season. So, um, again, guys, looking at this, like, I am looking at both teams to score, and that is based on the away team because I believe Leeds can score in this game. They just, the pressure that they put on um, just seems to lead to goals. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to win the game. As the bookies are saying here, this is a pick'em game. They're both 2.8. Hard to really pick an outcome for it, but even though the both teams' score stats are pretty low, 30% and 43% respectively, like there are particular nuances to this game that I think increases the chances outside of what those stats are. Okay, So Sheffield's midfield will work really hard to, to close down those spaces and pen leads in. Um, and take advantage of their lack of ability to play out in the out, when they're outside of the box before the halfway line. So that kind of like that middle defensive quarter of the pitch, if you will, that is the point where I see Leeds play breakdown a lot. And I think that Sheffield will take advantage of that. But the uh, the other glaring problem with Leeds is dealing with set pieces, specifically dealing with balls in the air. Okay, and if there's anything that I think Sheffield are good at, it is that. Um, and I think that is a thing they're going to come up against against a lot of these teams like Burnley as well I think it's going to be a very very tough game for Leeds um, in this regard they may come out and be winners especially at home especially if they play them and fans are back in the stadium you know I can see that being a big factor but what I am going to go for here and I haven't actually whenever I'd written these bets out there, w- there wasn't a market for this so um, but I believe it will st- it will be a good price is that if Oliver McBurney starts for Sheffield. I'm going to bet three points on Oliver McBurney to score any time. Um, I just feel like he is exactly the profile of player in the same way that Mitrovic scored. He's they're the a very similar profile of player in my opinion. And the path to him scoring a goal is very much within one of the weaknesses of Leeds. So I will be backing Oliver McBurney to score any time for three points. Um, and I am going for both teams to score in this game at 1.83 for five points. Um, so pretty, pretty confident with that, guys. I know Sheffield haven't had the greatest start to the season, um, but I just think the profile of both these teams um, will lead to will lead to a few goals, um, maybe for both sides in this game. Um, so that is my picks for the Sheffield and Leeds game. All right, next up, we have Spurs versus Newcastle. Spurs are 1.48. The draw is 4.8 and Newcastle are 8.4. Look, guys, um, this is a no bet. Even though I believe there is an overreaction in the price here for Spurs, I don't trust Spurs enough to come away, even with the win. I don't trust them enough to win halftime, full-time, to go on the Asian handicap. There is, There could be an argument for going... Um, for Newcastle, um, like plus one on the Asian handicap, something like that. Maybe like plus zero point five, plus plus one or something. Um, there is an argument for that because I think the the prices are a little skewed here. But again, I just I don't trust Newcastle enough uh, in these types of games. Newcastle are kind of going through a little transition. I don't think the team's completely settled. Um, just in terms of like the, the new personnel and also formation wise. Um, I just don't really find any value here at all. Um, all the stats would point to Spurs scoring first. They scored first 63% of the time last season. Defended the lead 67% of the time. Newcastle only had an equalising rate of 8%, which is truly, truly horrendous. At home, Spurs beat middle third teams five times, drew once and lost once. And it's a complete reverse for Newcastle. 
uh, away against top third teams. They only won one, drew one, and lost five. Newcastle's away losses, they lost by a margin of two or more goals seven out of 11 times. And of Spurs' home wins, they won by a margin of two or more goals um, six out of 12 times. So everything there would point to taking Spurs here and taking Spurs minus one or minus 1.5 on the Asian handicap. I just, I don't trust either team enough and I think we just need to sit back and learn about both these teams and see how Newcastle are doing in this new setup and see how much that 5-2 victory against Southampton is an accurate reflection of Spurs. And it's no surprise to think, I don't think it um, it is a very accurate reflection, I think. And I think the prices have been influenced by that, but still just not enough for me to take Spurs or to even lay Spurs or do any handicap using handicap guess. So no bet on the Spurs and Newcastle game. Alright guys, so of the remaining four four games, I believe, we have two games more we're betting in. Alright, so the first one is Man City versus Leicester. Man City are 1.31, the draw is 6.6, and Leicester are 11s. Jesus, that is high. Alright, so City, against top third teams last season, won four, drew one, and lost seven. Lost seven, guys. Um, and But at home, they won three, drew one, and lost two. So, did a lot better at home. Uh, we know this from uh, Man City's stats last season, how poorly they did away from home against the top seven last season. Leicester, on the other hand, against top third teams, won one, drew four, lost seven, and away from home, won zero. They won zero games against the top seven last season. They drew two and lost four. That is really poor. Man City defended their lead 83% of the time and Leicester only had an equalising ability last season um, away from home of 27%. And this is not even to mention that City scored first um, in their home games last season 68% of the time and were leading at half time 63% of the time. To me, all these stats are screaming Man City win um, but at the prices, there's just nothing really there for me in that. Um, You could even take Man City half time full time. That could be a good bet. Um. It's just, again, the double bet. I know uh, we have been hitting the halftime full-times a lot um, in in terms of draws and full-times, but just with the way the fixtures are this week, I don't feel as comfortable hitting those. But just one final stat here that um, I'm using for the bet that I'm going to place on this game. So um, City, um, of their wins last season, won by a margin of two or more goals 11 out of 15 times. But against the top third teams... They only won by a margin of two more goals in two out of 12 games. And at home, that uh, that ratio was slightly improved uh, to two out of six. But still, you know, that is deceiving because going into this game, thinking, oh, I'll take Man City at minus one with so many of the other stats, you can kind of see how you would arrive at that. But the lack of, like, dominant victories against the top seven really sort of... Well, not surprise me because I knew watching last season that that was the case, but just seeing the numbers, I was like, wow, okay, all right. Similarly, Leicester last season, uh, away from home, lost by a margin of two or more goals three out of eight times. Um, and against the top third, they lost um, in total uh, by a margin of two or more goals four out of 12 games. And away from home, that was two out of six. So, um. So I think what I'm going to do here, guys, is I'm going to take Leicester on the Asian handicap plus 1.5. So that means that City need to win by a margin of two or more goals um, for us to lose, okay? If they only win by one goal or draw, 
um, or Leicester win, we win. Okay. Um, so and the, uh, it was just I thought it was a really good price. It's at two point one nine. I'm going to take that for four points. So Leicester on the Asian handicap plus one point five at two point one nine for four points. All right, guys, this is the last game that I have bets in. Okay, and frankly, I could I I just I don't understand the prices here. I I just I do not understand the prices. Okay, West Ham versus Wolves. Have a look. Okay, West Ham are three point nine five. The draw is 3.45 and Wolves are 2.14 over evens for Wolves. I mean, you know, take a look at the name of the podcast, guys. This is what we're all about. This is it. Okay, Wolves at 2.14 against West Ham. A West Ham team that are that are not good, okay? Like, they are not good at football. All right, now they have good players. I think that, as I said before, I think they have good players. They're being mismanaged. I mean, the entire club is being mismanaged. But there is another thing. Before we even get into the stats here, okay? There is another thing. The midweek games, was it was it against Hull? I think, I think it was Hull. Um, David Moyes isn't going to be there. Coronavirus. Issa Diop, their best defender, isn't going to be there. Now, there was someone else as well. I'm not sure who that was. But those were the two most important things that i seen, okay? Issa Diop is their best centre-back, in my opinion. He also has the most potential as a centre back, because he is still quite young, I think he's maybe, I think he's maybe twenty two or twenty three, something like that. I think he's their best defender, and so here is the defensive pairing that that West Ham are going to go into the game uh, against Raúl Jiménez. Right, this is the centre back pairing, Ogbonna, fucking Ogbonna, right, <laughs> and uh, Valbuena. Now, guys, listen, it may not pan out the way I think it's going to pan out, but just looking at it. The price, even if that wasn't the case, the price is crazy, right? But the fact that their manager's not going to be there and their best defender isn't going to be there. A, a, a team that isn't great defensively already. I just, guys, I don't know. I don't know. I do not, I do not understand it. But hey, listen, that's good for us. That means that we are getting a price that is way above market value. I think Wolves should be about 1.8 in this game. The fact that we are getting 2.14 is insane. I think. West Ham, last season, against top third teams, 1-3, drew 1, lost 10. They lost 10 times out of 14 games. At home, they won 2, drew 0, and lost 5. 5 out of 7, guys. They lost. Crazy. Um, Wolves, against bottom third teams, won 10. They, it's the complete opposite way around here, guys. Okay, They won 10 out of 14 games against bottom uh, third teams. They drew three and only lost the once. Uh, away from home, they won four, drew two, and lost one. Interestingly, both teams scored 63% of the time in West Ham's home games, and both teams scored 58% of the time in Wolves' away games. But that percentage decreases for uh, West Ham against the top third. Against the top third, they, uh, it was only both teams to score six out of the 14 games. Um, and again, that drops for Wolves. Uh, both teams uh, only scored in Wolves' games against bottom third teams six out of 14 times as well. Of the nine games that West Ham lost at home last season, they lost by a margin of two or more goals in four of those games. And of the seven away victories that Wolves got last season, they won by a margin of two or more goals in only two out of those seven, okay? I know that seems worrying, but we're going to talk a little bit more about it later, okay? Uh, West Ham uh, conceded 67% of their goals in the second half, and Wolves scored 75% of their goals in the second half. It was level at halftime in 6 of 19 
uh, West Ham home games last season and it was a draw 9 out of 19 Wolves away games last season. West Ham only had an equalising ability of 25% last season and Wolves had a lead defending ability last season away from home of 78%. Now I think we have to go in here guys um, I don't I don't see any other option for us. We have to go in with the biggest bet of the weekend um, is hitting Wolves on the nose away from home for 6 points. A 2.14 it's, it's just crazy. Um, so we're placing 6 points. I think that is the biggest bet so far this season. Um, it I just I'm speechless. Like I, I honestly couldn't believe when I was looking at these prices that we are getting Wolves against West Ham uh, at 2.14, okay? Now, I am also going to go for Wolves minus 1.5 on the Asian handicap, okay? Uh, and I'm going to play that for 2 points. Now, it is it is priced at 1.4. or I got it at 1.4. I think it's sitting at like 3.95, but if you play with the um if you play with the price, you can probably get a little bit higher. Um I got it at 4.1. Um, and I'm putting two points on that. Now, uh, the winning margin stats don't favor us here, okay? But I, I, as I said, like I think Wolves are the much better team here. Um, I think Wolves are the type of team who can only get better, really. Um, at least, um, you know, maybe not relatively so to other to other clubs. Like they may not improve their league position, but I think they will still get better as a team because I think even just to maintain their position in the league that they have done for the last couple of seasons they but they need to continually improve okay i think they're going to improve west ham are at the very very best stagnant at the very very best the best thing i can say about them is that they are the exact same level but whenever everybody else around you is improving you are your actual results are going to go downhill you know that's just that's just how i see it guys coupled with the fact that their best defender is out and their manager isn't going to be there because of coronavirus i I just think Wolves are going to score and win by by more than one goal. I, I, I just I think that's the way the game's going to go, okay? But just to reduce our risk here, okay? I'm also going to back Wolves on the Asian handicap. Um, minus 0.5, minus 1 for 3 points, okay? And what that is essentially going to do for us, if you're not familiar um, with Asian handicaps, is if Wolves win by 2 or more goals, we're going to win again. Um, we are going to have uh, a profit of like four and a half points but if Wolves only win by one goal all right we are still going to win okay we, we just we're only going to win half of the potential amount okay so um so we'll win just over it's like just over two points like two and a quarter points and what that will mean is that that uh, my that Wolves minus 0.5 Asian handicap winning that will essentially allow us to cover our loss and just actually just make a very slight profit on the two points that we put on the minus 1.5 uh, Asian handicap, okay? So that is just to limit a little bit of the risk and actually still still profit. Um, and also, like, we will still profit on the Wolves' win in this game. But I, I just thought that was a good thing to do because um, the stats don't really tell us that this is what's going to happen necessarily from last season's stats, and the stats are already kind of out of date. Um, but I think their uh, Wolves are just a better team. I think this is going to happen anyway. And the fact that their manager isn't going to be there and their best defender isn't going to be in the team, in my opinion anyway, that that just makes it increasingly likely that Wolves are going to win by a margin of more than one goal, I believe. Okay, so um, that is, we are taking Wolves at 2.14 for six points. We are backing Wolves on the Asian handicap minus 1.5 for two points. And we are backing Wolves in the Asian handicap minus 0.5, minus 1 for three points, guys, okay? Now, that is all my bets for the weekend. 
Um, I am having no bet on the Fulham and Villa game. I don't really know uh, what to make of Villa. Like the, the result against Sheffield, while a good result for them, and Emmy Martinez seems to have played well, and um, you know, I'm very happy for them. Um, and I do believe that Fulham are a pretty poor team. Um, I just don't know um, enough about how much that red card influenced the game. Uh, for Villa and so I, ju- I just need more information really that's 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 all it is uh, I think Fulham are the poorest team potentially in the league and so I could see the sense um, if you were the way, this way inclined to back Villa for this game but just away from home there's, uh, guys there's just too much I don't know about this game to really put a bat on it um, and also then on the Liverpool Arsenal game guys this is one that we, I think we just sit back and enjoy Arsenal are doing so much better against these top sides now, but it doesn't mean it's going to happen all the time. Laying Liverpool doesn't interest me. Uh, I, I I feel like I just can't pick this game. And all the stats would lead you to say Liverpool, but Arsenal's stats are really, really out of date. And so much of it is, especially away from home last season, is is warped by... The, the managers that were in before Arteta so things are so much different with the team now uh, and the mentality of the team going into these big games the belief players know what to do know their place but it, it, Liverpool are such a good team they have so many good qualities defensively midfield with Thiago uh, now and, the, and obviously the attack obviously the attack it could be a really bad day for Arsenal it really really could it could also be a great draw. A draw would be fantastic in this game at Anfield. Um, I know we've got good results against uh, Liverpool recently, both in the Community Shield, but it's the Community Shield, guys. You know what I mean? Like I enjoyed Arsenal, you know, winning that game on penalties, but you know, the result last season against Liverpool at the towards the back end of the season was very much a freak result. Like you know, those defensive errors that gave us the win in that Liverpool game were very akin to the errors that they were making against Leeds and I think it was just a matter of foot off the gas a little bit just mentally not being there I don't think that's going to be the case now but it's just a game to look forward to guys it's going to be great uh, we are not, we don't have any bets on Monday Night Football here and you know you may want to play a little in play or something in this game um, but uh, there's nothing no, no pre-game bets for me here guys just sit back and enjoy this one we'll learn a lot about, about these teams and have some fa- fantastic football to watch so guys that's a roundup of all the fixtures of bets that I'm going to be placing this weekend I'll run through all the bets here for you now um, and you can uh, you can note them down if you would like okay so pens at the ready it is both teams to score for breakfast, lunch and dinner this weekend, I'm afraid, guys. Um, but in the Brighton and United game, we're hitting both teams to score at 1.85 for three points. In the Palace-Everton game, we're also hitting both teams to score at 1.98, very good price, I think, for three points. Uh, in West Brom and Chelsea, we're hitting both teams to score yet again for 1.97 for three points. We're also taking Chelsea and both teams to score at threes for two points. In the Burnley-Southampton game, we are hitting both teams to score once more at 1.85 for four points. And we are also going to take Burnley in that game at 3.3 for two points. Moving on to the Sheffield-Leeds game, we are going to take both teams to score once again, guys, at 1.83 for five points. And I'm also going to go for Ollie McBurney to score any time. Uh, for three points. I don't have a price for that one yet, guys, but when it comes up, I'm going to bet. I think it will be a good price. I'm going to place a bet on that. I don't want it to happen. I just think it will happen. <laughs> um, 
So then on the City Leicester game, I'm going to back Leicester on the Asian handicap plus 1.5 at 2.19 for four points. Um, and then the last game, West Ham versus Wolves, I'm going to back Wolves at 2.14 for six points. I'm going to back Wolves on the Asian handicap at minus 1.5 at 4.1 for two points. And I'm going to back Wolves on the Asian handicap minus 0.5 and minus 0.1 at 2.55 for three points. I'll give you those again one more time, guys. Brighton United, both teams to score uh, three points. Palace Everton, both teams to score three points. West Brom, Chelsea, both teams to score three points. And Chelsea, both teams to score two points. Burnley, Southampton, both teams to score four points. And Burnley to win two points. Sheffield versus Leeds, both teams to score for five points. And an Oliver McBurney goal anytime for three points. In the City Leicester game, we're going to take Leicester on the Asian handicap plus 1.5 at 2.19 for four points. Uh, and then we are taking Wolves for six points. Wolves on the Asian handicap minus 1.5 for two points. And Wolves on the Asian handicap minus 0.5 and minus one for three points. Guys, that is all the bets. I hope you have a fantastic weekend. Um, and I hope there is plenty of good football for us to all watch. Uh, I hope you're all safe out there. And if you would like to get on the in plays for this weekend, there are a bunch of them. Um, you can head on over to Patreon. Uh, and it's only £5 a month and you will get all of this week's in-play bets. Uh, we were profitable last weekend. We were profitable uh, midweek. We will be up over 14 points um, if you had uh, backed the selections. There are still plenty more to go this weekend. Uh, so you can get on that. You can find the Patreon link in the episode notes. And if you would like to get in touch, you can get me at Podcast at gmail.com. You can also head over to Facebook uh, and find us there. All those links will also be in the episode notes. Guys, Thank you very much for listening. I hope you have a great weekend. Peace.